0: Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to this Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illadine, and together with Thorne and Robbie, as your dungeon occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role playing game experience. In this episode, we're going to discuss how the three of us come up with our our campaign ideas and how we go about uh, being prepared for said campaign. Of course, there's there's a thousand and one ways uh, or more to do a campaign, um, and everyone has their own process, uh, but perhaps our ideas will, will help you uh, get into the mood of story weaving and uh, giving you the confidence to set up a game and tell your friends, hey, I'm DMing this weekend. So without further ado, uh, what? Ro- Robbie, um, what do you do? When you when you've got this idea forming and you're let, you say you want to do a campaign, ooh, I get to set the mood. I get mm-hmm. to, set
1: the mood. oh, okay, look at me um, <laughs> stalling for time. So,
0: so anyway, horror, I guess, is what you're gonna say because <laughs> oh. it's always what you say.
1: Well, it is a horrific sight. Like I get, <laughs> it, I'm just like it hurts me so. Like my nose bleeds. Things begin to float. Um, you know, along that along that line. So my psyche oh, activated activate and I just <laughs> summon all of the demons from hell and I'm just like a campaign we're playing. And by demons I mean send everybody a text message. Um, but uh, no, I mean for setting, when I have an idea for a game I'm typically like well, it usually has to simmer for a little bit. Like I put it in the pot, I let it simmer for a second and I'm just like, is this really what I want to play? Like is this really what you're doing again? Another horror campaign, Robert, really? And then I add some <laughs> stuff I'm just like, mm, yeah, it tastes good. Um, but, and then once that idea kind of sits for a bit, um, once I've kind of, you typically before I even send the invites or like I, I put my feelers out for people to play, play in my campaign, I will um, usually write session one or get session one ready. So I'll typically start with my idea and my computer and put aside like an hour of my time setting up like uh, okay this is what I want to do in the first session like these are my ideas how I want to set this up and I'll set up like a basically just a brainstorm session with myself and then once I've gotten a cohesive plan together is typically once I begin sending out like the feelers and I'm like Hey, is this a game you'd be interested in playing? Um, Does this sound like a genre you'd want to play with my close friends? It's usually like, "Hey, um, I'm playing it. We're playing a campaign. I want to start a new one. What are you doing?" Um, But when I when I feel like starting a new player campaign, like when I start when I kind of want to have a new player setting and like basically like um, just first time players i'll i'll send out like hey i heard you i know you're well you got in touch with me you're interested in playing a game um this is the setting i'm going to be doing this is the time scale i'm looking at and i love using like online resources for planning like discord and and uh um like facebook and stuff because it lets me set up calendar invites and everything and i can just kind of have like a chat room with everybody, so, and then I I get them in. I have them sign contracts and blood, and I'm just like, forever you are, you are in my campaign, and they never show up again. You know, stuff like that.
0: Fair enough. Um, <laughs> for me, I mean, I I've gotten lucky recently with this campaign that I do for you guys in the fact that I had this idea that, um. It just kind of came to me, and then um, I started writing, and I just kept writing and just kept writing and writing. Um, so sometimes that you know that that creative juice just starts flowing, and you just keep going. Um, but normally, when it's not like that, um, I do little bullet points on how I want um, the campaign to kind of go because I usually set up um, at least a couple of quests. I almost build uh, a one shot and then just start expanding, kind of making like an outline of things. Um, and then as far as executing the, the campaign, I usually do, like I said, the, the bullet points each session, I'll come up with a couple of bullet points of like, hey, okay, you remember where these guys were last session? No? Okay, great. Let's offer um, inspiration for people remembering what happened last week to remind you what happened last week um and go from there and sometimes it's it's like you know oh that that happened cool let's run with it you know and so sometimes you know if you have a sneaky player uh they might uh come up with something that didn't exactly happen the way they worded it but you don't remember so you just kind of run with it and go for
2: it <laughs> i have never i have never done that
0: <laughs> what about you thord
2: well my my way is usually well it's way different than either of you two because it takes me weeks to make a character it could take me months to come up with a campaign idea <laughs> but the one that the last campaign I ran started one way and ended up completely different because I started it off as just a one-on-one uh, I just it was world of darkness and I just wanted to do a zombie campaign I just had it in my head and I wanted to do it and uh one of our friends we were messing around with werewolf one time and we just went off with it started it came up with the whole idea just kind of on the spot and then it became really erratic and then everybody joined by everybody i mean everybody (laughs) i went from a one-on-one to like seven people
1: yeah so
2: we did the zombie thing and and i i thought i put a decent arc on it it could have been better um I like to, I have a thing about torturing my players.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But when I when I truly want to come up with a, a new campaign, which is what I took into the second art of World of Darkness, um, I, it's easy. I stole the idea. I steal everything. I watch a lot of TV, uh, movies. I mm-hmm. actually got it from uh, Geek and Sundry from Foreververse, at least the basic idea of it of uh jumping through time uh whereas they jumped through time and they actually jumped different tabletop game which i thought was really cool but uh just the the idea of jumping through time for a overarching big bad guy so i, I took it a little different I, I brought cthulhu into it and and i, I did you know some research and, and something i haven't done in years With my campaign, is as I actually researched the crap out of it because I went back in to real history. I went back to Jack the Ripper. I went back to the Salem Witch Trials, and I had to research that stuff to get it. I wasn't trying to replicate exactly what happened, but just make it different enough to where you could put the supernatural effect into it. And uh, I I used a lot of printouts. I used a lot of uh, you know overall overall like actual city maps and and uh building blueprints and and that kind of thing uh and i always think that stuff like that's fun to introduce because it gives people something solid in their hands or even something that they can look at when they're moving uh it was it was a lot of fun uh but the, the thing about these different processes is there isn't there isn't a wrong process for doing this this is a very open world. You can come up with stuff however you want. Nothing is There is no wrong way to do it. It's whatever you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable writing a 300-page book while you're coming up with the beginning scenes of your campaign, do it. It's great. I can't. I don't have that ability. I don't have that patience. Uh, Me, I'll sit there and say, okay, I got this idea. What's some cool things I can do with it? And I go that way. And I'll think about it when I'm at work. I'll think about it when I'm driving. Um, I'll think about it when I'm cooking dinner. I'll, it'll be on my mind constantly, and I'll keep coming up with different things to do. And even week to week, whereas you might have, I have a set goal. It's at the end. And then each each section we're in, each time we're in, we have a, a timeline, and we have something specific that's got to be done. And I let them go for it. If they can figure out what needs to be done, great. If they can't, I'm sorry. It's on the next one, and something might happen. So, I mean, it's it's a give and take. Uh, take cues to your players. If they're not having fun, switch it up. Uh, talk to your players. Uh, that's that's a thing. It's it's such a beautiful, any kind of tabletop game is is just it, your imagination is the limit. So, sure. But,
0: and um, that's something that you know, we can touch on a little bit. I mean, when we're talking about like just being in the car and and having ideas, if you are a fledgling Mm -hmm. uh, story weaver or even a veteran uh, story weaver, if you uh, don't have some way of taking down notes, I suggest you do it. I mean, even your phone has a a note app. So, I mean, most people have something to take down notes, but I keep a, uh, a stack of sticky notes in my truck. So that way, if I'm listening to a d and podcast or if I'm listening to uh, music and something just strikes me, I write a little note down and that helps me later when I've got something going on. Uh, or even if you're looking at Reddit and you see a cool item, if that item gives you inspiration, why aren't you writing it down? Why aren't you at least, even if you're not a write down kind of person like Thorne, you can still think like, oh, that's pretty cool. How would I put that into my current campaign? How would I make that a plot hook for a new campaign or a new one-shot? Um, little things like that.
1: Um, yeah, definitely.
0: What, uh, Robbie, what... Uh, um, hi. Hi, I just died. Uh, oh. Resources. <laughs> what, <laughs> what What resources can we give uh, that help with uh campaigns as far as uh um online resources or even uh printable stuff what do you got
1: online resources so um well i think the best resource i have at my disposal and this was a a very this is this is basically been my like go-to book for um, my campaigns for a bit only because it's just i hadn't thought of it that way like i i don't know why i hadn't thought of it that way and i guess my brain broke at some point but um uh the the book the monsters know what they're doing book okay. um is one of my best like books i can pull out for like especially in writing a campaign and like the, the and that podcast associated with it um only because uh i just i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't thought of it was, i hadn't thought that thought of the idea that monsters like like of to use monsters in the way that he suggests like the tactics he suggests right. uh, in the book uh just the way they would the way they would think like really getting into like the creature's head and like the big bad's head and being like okay what what would like what would it do you know and um i'd always like it was always the mindset of the, the creatures are functioning like they wouldn't like video games for me for a while and then when I started reading that book it's when my my juices start my creative juices started going and I was just like well that's fun like this is interesting let's do that you know um uh another book that I another book that I like to use is the lazy dungeon master's guide um because I am a I am a lazy person by like spirit <laughs> Uh, my spirit animal has to be a sloth because um, if I move any slower I think I might start growing moss on my back Uh, but the um, it's it helps me prep for games um, in a way that I feel like I'm not stressing myself out over it and I feel comfortable with and it's not about doing it's not about doing a lot less and like being like super like super simplifying it like entirely it's about um, kind of utilizing resources uh, um, in the best way possible that makes you feel comfortable as a story weaver, and so um, I like using the steps that are provided in there. Um, what else do I use? Uh, there's a couple of I, I there's a couple of other books. Um, I've really taken to note taking and like prep um, a lot more recently, considering that I I really want to make a profession a profession out of. Uh, story weaving and um and being like a dungeon master it, it's book books on like uh story prep and um, planning uh really help me organize my thoughts um it gives me like tools that I need in order to like kind of take notes and like write stuff down that would better um that would better help me be a be a better story weaver and like make me more organized so that way I'm not like throwing things out of my my bag and being like where did I put that and like you know not taking anyone out of the out of the um the game itself just trying to find something that I'm missing you know and those are my three my three major ones nice
2: yeah I personally I just I will think of something or I'll I'll be watching a movie uh to be honest one of my uh biggest resources literally is, I mean, streaming services. There's so many ideas. Even on those real super cheesy movies you get on, like, Amazon Prime, <laughs> watch them, Because, I mean, they'll think of some little thing, little twists that you might be able to use and might be able to make a lot better because they are really bad movies. Um, <clears throat> and also, like, uh, I even had a couple ideas hit me watching the, um, uh, the new Show that just got released on Amazon Prime Real Time, and I've read the books, and it's just reminding me of certain things. And you, it's so I use movies, TV as, as a as a good source from from myself. Uh, D and has so many resource books, both, and, and some of them are you know all about WotC, and, and then and then you can find the ones that aren't so much. Uh, but they're so many take advantage. There's places to find them. There's there's places to get them for for really cheap. Uh, certain uh, stores and stuff online will let you get PDFs for next to nothing. Uh, and I would I would suggest fully doing that because um, like drive RPG and uh, DMs Guild both they they sell PDFs for I mean in DMs Guild wherever you can pay. Yeah. So, I mean, it. it's really, uh, those resources are there, use them. Um, yeah, for sure. It, and to be honest, one of one of the best, and this isn't so much for D&D, but like since I just did that campaign in World of Darkness, I just use the internet plain and simple. I mean, I would Google Salem Witch Trials and find the, the, the website from Salem from their tourism board and that had so much information. I mean, this is, I started at a time when you had to go to the library to look this crap up. (laughs) I still love the fact that I don't have to do that anymore. I can just type it in.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I mean, the world's at our fingertips now with the internet. I mean, it, it just requires... A little bit of patience uh, when you're researching, you know, if you're at least, you know, this is, I guess, my college background, but if you're looking for like a historical thing, uh, don't hit the first link, you know, it Wikipedia isn't always accurate, but um, if you're just looking up, you know, like Thorne said, DMs Guild. I mean, the PDFs on there, there's literally like some of them, they give purposely for free and it'll tell you free. Um, And then there's others that are like pay as you uh, pay as you can or pay as you want. Um, And, uh, you know, those are a little bit, uh, I guess, better produced maybe um, than the actual free ones. But some of the free ones are like a diamond in the rough. I mean, it's if you find it and it looks good. I mean, why not download it? if it's there for the taking you can expand on it you can uh use it just as is uh i have a whole external hard drive that is almost full of dm's guild pdfs that i take little ideas from even if it's like you know i got it was free for a week or whatever i get an email from dm's guild hey these are on sale for right now for free you go in there um, I try to at least donate a dollar to the uh, to the authors so that they can you know if everyone donates a dollar they could be getting coffees and stuff but um, you know I donate a dollar and then I I get the the PDF and uh, it sometimes it's like I just really liked the NPC in that thing I I never use the rest of the whole module but he came up, he or she came up with an awesome NPC with a badass background and I throw it into my my campaign it could be as simple as that and you know i think that um i think that there's there's no quote-unquote excuse now uh to say like oh i'm not i'm not ready like i mean why not <laughs> i think anyone can be a story weaver if you've even if you've watched uh three episodes of Critical Role or th- or listen to three episodes of of Dungeons & Randomness or some other uh, real play podcast, Ink and Liar. Uh, they've got four streams on Twitch. Um, actually, they have three now. They just got rid of uh, one for a short amount of time. But you can go to Ink and Liar and watch all the backlog stuff uh, on their Twitch channel and on their YouTube um, and learn. I mean, it's not... Uh, The game itself, especially 5e, I mean, Thorne and I grew up (laughs) doing a lot way more complicated, you know, Thacko scores and and ridiculous nonsense, Um, but 5e has been streamlined, in my opinion, and I think that if you just get with a friend or a couple of friends and either pool your money together to get one single copy of the Player's Handbook and the Dungeon Master's Guide that's all you need. You don't even necessarily need the monsters manual because there's like a bajillion monsters online. And realistically, you know, WotC may not be completely happy with the fact that there's stuff, stuff free, but they even post stuff on their website, D&D Beyond. Um, if you just want to look up a specific race to create your character or to help your friends create a character before you do um, your uh, your campaign, um you can just go on d and beyond uh, dndbeyond.com uh and they have like the monk race or or a monk, monk race monk class um fighter classes all the all the quote unquote basic classes that you know originally came out in 5e and before those are on there for free that you could just look up and do the thing so there's no money input involved there's it's just you your mind and your friends, you got to have a couple of those, <laughs> um, or find friends, make friends, be nice me? to people. I mean, you—I I guess you could kidnap somebody. I mean, I don't want to advocate that uh, on the air, but I'm um, um, oh, so sorry, did not. Yeah, mean you, you weren't muted. It's no, cool. Oops. Uh, <laughs> <I>, I'm muted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, yeah, we just kidnap people for the next horror campaign. Who
1: um, would see it coming. Nobody,
0: <laughs> no one ever uh, thinks of the nerds. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, closing thoughts. We'll do a round robin of our favorite types of campaigns to run. Uh, Robbie, you're out because we already know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll talk about favorite campaign and why. Um, and I think for myself. I have to go with high fantasy with a caveat because I do love myself a good high fantasy Lord of the Rings-esque campaign um, where there's no artificers or anything. However, with the caveat that if I have a player that wants to play a artificer or an industrialist, uh, which was Forrest's favorite thing in arc one of our campaign, um, we, uh, we can work around it. I'm not going to give you a tank or a gun specifically, but I might reskin those uh, those stats for a badass weird Van Helsing crossbow-esque thing, if anybody remembers the Hugh Jackman uh, Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could do something like that. Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, pew-pews. Um, but uh, I, I think that. Probably the reason why is because I just read so many doggone high fantasy books. Um, I do read sci-fi and stuff, but I think that I just got a kick out of Dragonlance Saga and Forgotten Realms uh, that it just... Doing other other campaigns, I think that I could just make a high fantasy game that genre. Does that make sense? <laughs> Robbie, what about you? Horror? Horror? <laughs> <laughs> not uh, fair but yeah <laughs> um,
1: one sec hold on one sec i have to oh it's gonna sneeze sorry my bad um yeah horror um the uh the horror genre... john geez the horror genre is just something that i feel really drawn to so like all my campaigns contain some semblance of horror but it's really easy to string that into like high fantasy settings especially when magic exists and like other realms exist it's just there's so much horrific stuff that could go on and I love exploring that darker side of everything like uh, the darker side to magic darker side to monsters the darker side to just with those concepts existing like with fast healing fast travel teleportation mind control and all that stuff just seeing what Twisted stuff I could do with all of that, you know. So, especially healing, the concept of being being, uh, healed over and over again Um, could have a lot of negative side (laughs) effects.
2: I think the door to torture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Body horror. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's something we can probably talk about in another episode is just. Different pros and cons of having all these amazing magical spells that you know Watsi came up with, you know, like the the level nine like terraform. Like just just build a planet. Why not? Why I, I mean why wouldn't we? Resurrection.
1: <laughs> resurrection. Just
0: resurrection. You know, <laughs> all I need is a diamond and I've got a get out of jail free card. <laughs>
1: it's like you've been dead already. And um <laughs> And, like, it's just, it, it's, I don't know, just the idea of you um, of you just coming back to life and you've been dead for, like, a bit. Because, I mean, you could wait a little while before you resurrect somebody. Just the idea of what that looks like. Like, what the repercussions of reviving someone or bringing someone's, like, soul back into their body and, like, putting them back together looks like, you know?
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to that, actually, because that's actually a really good, topic. So we'll circle back to that right now, but I do want to get to, to Thorne's uh, favorite campaign to run.
2: Oh, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm kind of in world of darkness mode for myself and everything. So I'll, I'll try to keep it just to D and D but high fantasy for sure. Um, I dig the high fantasy, but I like the overarching bad guy. I love the big bad guy at the end. It's huge you know, there's no way we can <clears throat> win this. There's no way we can beat him. Uh, that's just basically straw. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and he was popping it out or there could be plants in your group. There could be, you just don't know who to trust. And I really like the tension that that brings in the, the anxiety and the, the drama that comes with that kind of big bad guy. Uh, that's always been my favorite because I like to torture my players. Um, I find yeah. great joy in it. <laughs> Is that anybody that's ever played while I was story weaving? <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And you know what, uh, listeners, there's there's all kinds, all, all types of campaigns and one shots and genres. You know, like I was saying, how like technically, yes, it's high fantasy, for me but you could you can throw in a horror theme or trope into a high fantasy game so you can mix and match you can you can combo you can sonic your live long what is it uh King have it your way do do whatever you want to do um and you know there is there there's an old saying that probably needs to be changed but still is accurate which is that the dungeon master of DD is basically the god of the world um but there's like a little warning message about that and like making sure that your players still have fun (laughs) (laughs) um but going back to uh the resurrection spell um being being a story weaver and being the god of your world you can you can change things around. You can talk to your players and say that you don't want specific spells uh, in your campaign just because they're, I mean, for lack of a better term, they're just OP. They are overpowered. Um, Or you can do something uh, interesting. I know Robbie's changed some things with with Resurrection before, and uh, I uh, chose to allow people to die and use Resurrection... the live long day they can do whatever they want however we're going to roll a d100 and see how long you are dead um how long your soul has been not in your body because there's nothing saying that uh the soul being out of your body for one day in game doesn't equate to timey-wimey nonsense and you're actually you're, you're 200 years older than you used to be because your soul was stuck or seemed to be stuck. Time doesn't. Time is objective, <laughs> subjective, whatever. Use the right word. Subjective. subjective. Um. So, I mean, you could, you could. That's what we did with uh with Raven's character. She rolled a, a D100 uh, for her her dragon companion, and he was dead for two hundred years. And it was kind of an interesting thing because at the time, he had really he he's a black dragon. Uh, and he denounced Tiamat, but hadn't uh accepted Bahamut as his dragon god yet. And so he was just in space. He was just 200 years of just solitude, nothingness, oh, and my- and we got to we got to play we got to role play that when he came back after being disintegrated. And Milo's like, oh my god, you were gone for 30 seconds. He was like, the fuck, I was what do you mean 30 seconds that was a long 30 seconds <laughs> the
1: the way that i like to play death in my game is 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 like what if it what i, I there's a couple to a couple things i like to do but what if like there was nothing after you died like imagine like nothing after you died like you just disintegrated like your soul just joined the weave and it went back into the universe Imagine pulling somebody back out of that <laughs> yeah. when, when, when there was nothing afterwards, reforming, the, reforming their soul. Uh, it probably traumatized them to no yeah, end. For sure. Being brought back to life like that. And so, yeah.
2: And with... with and one, the, of, one of the things I've done uh, with the Resurrection Spell in the past in, in an old campaign I did was you bring the soul back but it can never be, I guess, fully reattached. It can never feed the body the same way. Mm -hmm. Even though that person's back and it's in full function of their faculties, the body is never quite the same.
1: Oh, it's like put them back in, but you couldn't get the skin on, right?
2: Right. So people, like when people look at them, it seems off. Mm -hmm. Or every once in a while, make them do a, like a, a roll when they're just walking down the street and the legs just stop working. Right. <laughs> I mean, it could be, be in the middle of the battle. It could be completely random. Yeah. I usually rolled a, a B10. Nice. And if the there was, the, was a 10, something went wrong.
1: <laughs> and, but the thing about resurrection well, is they're usually like an arsenal for like clerics and like paladins and stuff. Like it's usually associated with like deep religious, like faculties and um like it it has like it's based in like spirituality so imagine like somebody from like a different religion like somebody was trying to resurrect somebody from a completely other like denomination or religion that believes in a completely other afterlife what kind of nonsense that would look like (laughs) like
0: pulling someone out that
1: they have no association with
0: (laughs) yeah and like sometimes you know when we're if we're in a campaign and um the a a player just happens to you know uh to kill the character on accident or whatever and you know like uh, uh oh god um in critical role uh when i forget the character's name um but when matt mercer's wife is is yelling and taunting mercer because they're you know being awesome and they're they're winning this battle and she goes yeah we're basically gods and then just nose dives off the cliff and turns into a goldfish man he put a smack of humble right on that shit. um and she the character died <laughs> and you know i mean they the goldfish fell a thousand feet and he rolled the damage and it was well over um character death but then um keyleth was the character's name um and so uh pike the cleric of the party um resurrects her and there there's all kinds of interesting things because they didn't follow the same gods and so how do you how do you role play that interaction does does pike's god talk to keyleth or does keyleth's god talk to her and say hey you, you you fucked up Bud, <laughs> um, But I'll go ahead and go back on there, and baseball ass slap and get on back in there, get in the game. Um, and, you know, different things like that. I mean, you you get to choose and you get to have fun and you don't necessarily need to bring in IRL in real life religions to it. You can use the pantheons from D&D or you can be playing D&D and use the Pantheons from Pathfinder or the Pantheons from uh, World of Darkness or any kind of uh, tabletop game and organization. You can use anything. The The world is your oyster. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> At closing thoughts, Thorn and Robbie.
1: Um,
0: well, my closing thought is, like I said, the
1: setting up your game is should be a fun process for you if it starts to feel stressful take a step back and think about why it's stressing you out and really like consider hey like maybe i should try doing this differently or like consult a resource um like uh illadine and um thorn said you can always um watch a movie for inspiration like if you're stuck on a story point listen to some music and really like play it out in your mind a little bit, or if you're more on the technical side, go through like the technical aspects of everything kind of decide, okay, what's the most efficient way for me to run this or what's the best way to run this, you know? So don't worry.
2: And it's like I said, there's, there's no wrong way to do this. Anything you want to do, if you want to get just a, uh, a source book and use a source book. It's fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. That's we did that like crazy when I first started. Yeah. Um, if you want to take deep dives on the internet into different source material and spend hours on end writing this stuff out, great. Have fun. As long as you're enjoying what you're doing, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing. Uh, as as closing thoughts for me is what we always say in almost, I mean, damn near every episode, is steal everything and have fun. That's, those are the two rules. You, you, I mean, you, you can't win d and so you might as well have fun with it. You can't win at World of Darkness. You can't win with Call of Cthulhu. You're not even supposed to live through Call of Cthulhu. Uh, you're not supposed to live through Dread. You know, all of these different tabletop role-playing games the the winning is having fun with your friends um and so if you're worried about creating a campaign or even a one shot um you can use some of our ideas um you can talk to your friends if you just say you know hey uh robbie i've got this idea i want i want cthulhu to come out of the ocean um but I don't want him to just like pop up. I mean, how, how would I do this? And Robbie would, would come up with, with a thing and you could do the same thing with your friends and bounce ideas back and forth. And, you know, we've, we've talked about metagaming before um, in, in previous episodes and we'll probably do a whole metagaming episode uh, because we have a lot to talk about it. But, you know, if you're worried about your friends metagaming after helping you create the campaign, there's a right way to do it um and they're your friends they'll either not metagame or you'll just change a little bit and just take the idea and put the put your own little spices on it um so be your own spice bays um have fun steal everything and remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied hey y'all We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, consider giving us a like, a follow, or a review, which all go a long way into helping us continue to grow. If you liked this content a lot, and want more of it, consider supporting us by joining our Patreon, where you can get exclusive content like NPCs of the Week, Towns of the Month, and access to our Discord server. If you can't join for whatever the reason, we definitely get it, but you can still help us by telling your friends about us. They can listen to us now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Amazon Music slash Audible, Podbean, and even Facebook. We thank you all ever so much for listening. Good luck with your games out there, steal everything, and have fun.